Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. If you're here today um, for the first time or for any time, it's just great to be here. We're starting a new series. Always good to arrive when we start a new series. And uh, a series called Authentic Living. We're looking at the book of James in the Bible. So, did you know that the Bible is like the best-selling book in the world every year? Just, it's, the best, it's just the best-selling book. And uh, I just love it. I've uh, recently did some travel overseas, uh, which was uh, lovely uh, most of the time. Airports aren't going as well as they used to. Eh? Just if you're, ever, if you're doing some travel, just be aware of that. It's, um, uh, I was at one airport. Uh, it was actually quite funny. I'm looking around thinking, gosh, these, they feel like they're struggling a little bit. And I'm thinking, like, this felt like our first day back at church after lockdown. It's like, you know, some people have moved off teams and the teams aren't quite full and there's new people that are like, I'm not quite sure what to do. I'm like, except I think that we got going better than the airport. So uh, anyway, um, but I just, in traveling, I'll see people reading the Bible just in so many places, in airports and on trains and in parks. And I just, it's just this book that is a source of, of wisdom and comfort and encouragement and joy and peace just for just millions and millions of people. Love it. So uh, I know that I'm one of, them, one of those people as well. I know that many of you are too. So, so we're going to hear from a guy called James, book of James in the Bible. And this is really good wisdom for today. They, a lot of people talk about the book of James. It's like one of the wisdom books, like the book of Proverbs in the Bible. If you've read that, that's another wisdom book. It's like a wisdom book. And uh, so it's going to be good. Wisdom grounds you, grounds your families in ways that's going to lead to living a good life. Who wants that? Good life. Yeah. So, um, and what you could do is uh, you could read the book of James ahead of time. Um, not today, of course, if you haven't done already, but you could even read the whole book of James each week. It's not that long. It's like five chapters. I think it's five chapters. Um, I was talking to... Uh, is he here? I wonder if he's here. I was talking to Albert this week, and he said, you know what? I read the book of James ahead of time. And I said, all right. So I put a gold star on his chart in my office. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> no, we didn't, uh, didn't do that. Um, so just a little bit of an introduction. Who is this James guy? Because uh, there's lots of James in the Bible. There's, uh, so like, which, is, which is this James guy? This James who wrote this was the brother of Jesus. He was the brother of Jesus. And mother was Mary. And uh, tradition has called this James, James the Just. James the Just. There's James, if you, if you do some church history, they, they, there's James the Greater, there's James the Lesser, and there's James the Just. This is James the Dust. Just. Did any of you guys ever have like a brother or sister that was like a, an overachiever? Well, how about James? Like, uh, I mean, it can be hard, eh? So, like, James's brother's Jesus. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be so strange to, to grow up and you discover that your brother is the son of God? But what I love is that James is just such great humility. You know, he, when you, you re, as we read the start of James, he starts off, he says, introduces himself as James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, you, you may be here and you might think like, oh, I'm struggling to believe this thing that Jesus is, is really the son of God. But Jesus' own brother, his own little brother, was convinced, grew up with him, knew him, and he said, he is the Lord. And this James, he, uh, as best we know from you know, the historical documents we have access to, that this James died as a martyr. You know, martyrs, when you die f- you know, for, your, for your faith, uh, around 62 AD, it gets, it's been recorded that he was taken to the top of a temple and thrown off. And thrown off by the Jewish leaders who, again, which we just read, this is why they killed Jesus, crucified Jesus, threatened by um, the preaching of, of Jesus being God's own son, who offers this personal salvation for the forgiveness of sins to Jew and Gentile, to anyone who would come. Promise of eternal life. And they Jewish leaders, they felt threatened. And he didn't die from the fall. So then they stoned him. They stoned him to death. And it's recorded that he repeated the words of Jesus. He said, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And I I tell you, anyone who asks for forgiveness for their murderer is someone like, I want to take notice. There's something special about this person. I want to take notice. I want to learn from someone like that. All right, so let's get into it. See straight away who, Jesus, who James is writing to. It says, James, a servant of God. So chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. He's writing the 12 tribes are the Jewish Christians that have been scattered because there's massive persecution in, in Palestine in that time. There was persecution. Christians were, they just had to, they had to get out. Um, and when you have to get out, you, you've, you've got to find somewhere, get far enough away, that somewhere that you then feel uh, safe. So these are two, mainly to people who are living in a country that they didn't grow up in. And I know that for many, um, many people here, uh, living in a country that you didn't grow up in, and there's challenges around that, isn't there? There's challenges around like gearing up to leave, there's challenges in, in traveling, there's traveling, travel challenges in arriving and figuring out how do we do life here. Um, It's hard. So James is writing to people in challenging situations. But then he just he just dives straight straight into it. Okay, here's some you wanna you want to grow as a person, grow in your faith, mature in life and faith in a real world, you know, authentic living. This is what he he jumps in with. And uh, Interesting, you'll see this the whole way through. He's just building on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, greatest sermon ever preached, Matthew 5 to 7. And he's building on that and really building on what Jesus says. You know, everything, everything about what you need to know about how to live and what's important, I can sum it up for you. So good. He says, 
love the Lord your God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And you'll just see this is what James, he's building on this and you'll see jumps in with some specific advice. He's deeply concerned about this gap that he sees between what we believe and how we live. It's like real, a lot of practical stuff here. So it's like, I don't know about you, I like, I like practical. I'm a practical kind of guy. Um, you met um, just earlier today in communion, you met Jake, our youth pastor. Well, Jake, um, I don't know whether it was, uh, it was a good thing or whether he's pranking me, but he invited me to speak at the youth. Uh, um, have, you, have any of you ever spoke in front of uh, like teenagers? It could be a little intimidating. Um, um, but uh, but oh, Jake and his team are doing such an incredible job just sowing into our, uh, our young people in our church. Eh? It's, um, so encourage them. If you know anyone that's doing youth, encourage them. I was, like I say. Um, but uh, anyway, I spoke uh, to them. They were very kind to me. Uh, they, they even clapped at the end, which, like, you're never quite sure. I was like, they clapped because they, like, they enjoyed it, or they clapped because, like, oh, you've finally finished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, but what I did, I talked about Jesus, uh, how Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount about uh, building your house on either the rock or the sand. You build your house on the sand, when the storm comes, bad things happen. You build your house on the rock and it stands firm. And just talking about how our house is our life. You know, what are we building our lives on? And Jesus is saying, you Build your life on my words, and you will be building on a sure foundation. And James, he's offering these same things. He's saying, here's how you build a strong foundation. So you ready to jump into it? Okay, let's just, again, we'll just pray. We like to pray here. So, God, we're just grateful for your presence with us. And we just ask that in this time, in whatever way you choose, God, you would plant something in us that would, uh, that would take us forward. We plant your truth in our hearts, God. You plant a sense, a, a refreshed sense of saying yes to building our house on a sure foundation. God, where our understanding is perhaps a little different than yours, God, that you would realign it and you would show us that we need to be doing this instead of that. God, where uh, there are things that uh, have somehow uh, got watered down in our life that we need to, to strengthen, God, you would show us that and that you would plant in us just a fresh desire and a resolve to say yes and amen to the things that you have for us, your ways of doing things, and that we would leave today, God, with a fresh commitment, God, to, to living your ways, authentic living that leads to real life and a life that will stand strong in the storms. Amen. Okay, so the first thing that James talks about, he talks about these trials that he, he knows that these, you know, the people he's writing to are going through hard times. And uh, interesting that we've, we've had some difficulties recently, haven't we? Like, you know, lockdowns, you know, job challenges, just difficulties. But, you know, it's, it's all a bit relative, isn't it, difficulties? I, I watch the news, every, every time I watch the news, most days there's something about the war in Ukraine. And it's like, and I'm like, 
like our lot, yeah, we've got difficulties, but like that's that's difficulties, eh? You know, they've got they'll interview people and they'll say like, you know, like this my house has just been blown apart. You know, my house is gone. It's been blown apart. Or they'll be interviewing people that and they said we've just had to leave everything. We just had to leave everything behind. We just had to load whatever we could in the car and just go. And or someone will say, my uncle, we just heard my uncle, he's been killed on the front lines, on the battle. And you imagine if you had to leave your home and it's like, look, we just got to go now. Like, whatever we can get in the car, let's just throw it in and go. It's like, and then that's it. You never, never to be, your house is, everything will be probably not there when you come back or, or looted or, like, that's, that's difficulties, eh? That's difficulties. And that's more like the people that James is talking to. When he's talking to them about trials, he's talking about like people they've had to flee their homes, probably in a hurry, gone. Just, you know, that's a tough situation. And he wants to encourage them. And he's saying, like, even though your outward circumstances are really, really hard, he said, this is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity for you to grow in who you are. An opportunity. But you have to choose the right perspective. Okay, here we go. Verse 2. Here's, the, here's, here's what he's inviting these people. Knowing their situation, this is what he invites them into. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> wow. Why would he say that? He says, okay, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Who wants to be mature and complete? Who wants to do it without going through trials? <laughs> <laughs> The very first thing James says, he says, choose joy. Choose joy. Why? He says, because even though this is hard, you've got an opportunity to become a better person. Testing can lead to perseverance and perseverance to maturity. But it only happens if you've got the right perspective. You've probably heard the phrase, you know, hard times can make us bitter or better. What's the difference? It's the way you, you engage with the situation? Do you see it as like, ah, oh, life sucks? Or do you see it as, like, okay, this is, this is hard, but this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. Choosing to see that in all things, God works good for those who love him. You know, Romans 8, 28. In all things, God does work for the good of those who love him. So if any of us are going through hard times, our culture will tell us, um, run towards comfort. That's what our culture will tell us, run towards comfort. Do whatever you can to take the hard out and put the comfort in. Here's a little experiment for you. Oh, I was actually, this is actually a bad experience. I was going to say, you should watch all the TV commercials, but like, who actually watches TV commercials anymore? <laughs> anyway, you look at a lot of the marketing that gets thrown at you. 
Facebook and Instagram ramped that up recently, haven't they? That's annoying. Um, but you look at it's all like, hey, let's like, let's buy, buy this or do this. It'll make you feel better. Now, culture will say if things get hard, okay, just ditch your relationship, just uh, quit your job, um, go on the internet and have a moan. See, people do that. You, you, you know that people do that. <laughs> oh yeah, we see that. Um, Drown your sorrows, numb the pain, uh, treat yourself because you deserve it. Um, and uh, James is saying, don't do that. He says, celebrate. Celebrate if things are hard because there's an opportunity here. Hard times have the potential to give us something that is good for us. Perseverance. Perseverance is that ability not to let things crush us. It's, I, I really think perseverance is an underrated attribute. Perseverance, perseverance is this thing that it, it grows in our lives when we just choose to hang in there. And the more we hang in, the more it grows. And the more we grow, the more we can hang in. And the more perseverance grows. Remember, perseverance, it's an opportunity to grow into maturity. Paul, the apostle, he, he says this as well. This is in, in the book of Romans, where he's talking to the church in Rome. He's saying the same things to them. He says, Romans 5.8, We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Perseverance is this thing that means you don't crumble when hard things come along. Or you, or, or you don't crawl into a corner and start sucking your thumb or you, you or, or it means you, perseverance if you've got perseverance you don't lash out at people just out of your sense of like oh, that's just like everything's just too hard perseverance means you don't throw in your faith in God when you don't understand why it's hard and you think like if God is good why is this hard I don't get it. I'm going to ditch God. People do that. And that's the last thing you want to do when God is with you and he is good. And, he, and this is an opportunity with God to grow. In the Message Bible, it says this about James 1 uh, verse 4. It says, don't try and get out of everything prematurely. Yeah, everything in us wants to, right? Like, wow, we want to. Yeah. What we need to do, we need to choose to look at our situation, recognize that it's tough, but hold on to the truth that working through hard times with a positive focus, knowing that the outcome will give you perseverance, grow your character, and release hope. That's what we have to do. And... If you talk to anyone that's hung, hung tough through hard times and made it to the other side and they've chosen to learn from it and be grateful for what they've learned, they're gonna, they will say, like, I'm stronger, I'm softer, I am more empathetic, I am wiser, I feel like I've grown up in this thing. They, they often don't say that in the middle of it. 
And if you're in the middle of something, you'd think like, oh, that sounds good, but like, oh, but like, hang in there. And you'll get to that place where that will be your story. You know, it's interesting that um, people who are people that have grown perseverance, uh, they can spot a quitter a mile away. And... Uh, but quitters, they can't see it in themselves. They, uh, they don't see it. So uh, if you really want to know where, you know, like find someone that's like a bit further on in their journey. If you really are up for it, I mean, those are hard questions, eh? Like tell me what you see in me. It's like, well, you know, be, um, just ask a mature, honest person, like what they see in you. If you want to like get a figure out where you are on the, on the perseverance scale. All right. How would we... When James says this thing of, hey, look at your circumstances with joy, how, would you, how, do you, how did you go over the last couple of years? Because everyone's done it tough, hey? we've all done it tough. And then this question here, take this one away today. Will you choose to let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature? Good question. Like, you know, ask ourselves: Will we choose to let perseverance finish its work so that we may be mature? Very quiet, eh? It's like because it's, it's a moment. You know, it's a big question. Okay, let's look at the next thing that James says. I'll read it and then we'll have a look at it. He's, verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. If any of you lack wisdom... I mean, James is very, very saying that quite, uh, he's been quite kind the way he says that. Um, and another way of saying what he's just said is, are you stupid? <laughs> Seriously, you look, I looked it up. I was like, what's the opposite of wisdom? Stupidity. <laughs> James is saying, are you stupid? <laughs> You're not really allowed to say that these days. Eh? It's not very PC. But he's, uh, he's saying, like, do you keep doing dumb things? Are you confused? Do you not, not know what to do? Do you find that you don't know what, to, you know what the right thing is to do in different situations? James is just saying, like, pray. Pray and ask for wisdom. Get, get, if you want to get smarter, pray. When I got serious about following God, sort of my sort of late, late teens, I read... Uh, in the Bible, the story of King Solomon. So King Solomon, he was uh, King David's son. And uh, big stories around this. I won't go into it too much, but he became king. And as he was just in that place of, of becoming king, he had this dream. We read it in First Kings 3. He had this dream. And in the dream, God comes to him and says, uh, where is it here? 
it says, God said in the dream, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And King Solomon, he asked for a discerning heart to be able to lead his people, to govern his people. And God's response to King Solomon was, since you asked for that, since you didn't ask for wealth or you didn't ask for um, me to, to, to deal with all your enemies, kill your enemies, you didn't ask for a long life, because you asked for a wise heart, I'm going to give you a wise heart and I'm going to give you all those other things as well. And like, like, I'm, like I'm, a, I'm a teenager and um, you know, I did a lot of, you know, dumb things as a teenager. And I know you're probably thinking, like, that no, couldn't possibly happen. I was like, um, now there's you going, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, but, um, but you did too. Like, yeah, you think me. <laughs> um, but one smart thing I did is I recognized this. I thought, like, this is, a, God really loves this prayer of, like, asking for wisdom. And, I'm, and then I'm looking at it and thinking like, and then other good things came his way as well. I'm thinking, this is a no-brainer. This is the best prayer in the whole Bible. And like, as a teenager, I thought, this is, this is something I'm going to do my whole life. I am going to ask God, give me a discerning heart. Give me a discerning heart. And I've prayed it ever, ever since, almost every day. There's things I pray, almost every day I pray, God, like, fill me with your spirit. God, lead me by your spirit. And God, give me a discerning heart. Give me a discerning heart. And people who know me well, they would probably say, you know, like most of the time I make good decisions. Not always, but most of the time. And I just believe it's a gift from God. So why would we not pray this prayer? Why would we not? This is such a good prayer. So we can get help and make better decisions. I mean, later on in uh, James, uh, a few chapters on, again, he says, if, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. It makes sense, so you're going like, I've, oh yeah, I've got it, I'm going to pray that. You want to do that? You want to pray that? God, the easy prayer, get up in the morning, God, give me a discerning heart. Give me a discerning heart. But interesting how James ties it into sort of this faith thing as well, this sort of faith and doubt thing as well. And uh, he says, when you ask, do not doubt. And the challenge is... <laughs> is that, I don't know, like, I think for most of us, when we pray, we've got some faith, but we've also got some doubt. And so it's a tricky one. Let's go back to it again. It says, ask God, if you want wisdom, ask. He gives without finding fault, and it, and it will be given to you. So like, and then he said, Bob, but hang on, when you ask, you've got to believe and not doubt. So it's a little bit confusing. He's saying like, just ask and, you'll, and it'll be given to you. Then he's saying like, oh, but you've got to have no doubts. And so like, well, what is it, James? Is it like, you know, if we ask, will you give it to us? Or will you only, God only give it to us if we don't have any doubts? And this is just this way that uh, Jewish people often teach is that they teach with like, um, with exaggeration, and they just to make a point, and they just so they're saying like what what he's what he's actually inviting us into is is he's saying like grow your faith, 
Grow your faith and shrink your doubt. Grow your faith and shrink your doubt. So don't stop. This isn't meant to put you off praying because you've got some doubt. He's just an invitation. It's like, grow your faith and shrink your doubt. And how do we, how do we grow our faith around this thing? Have you been, uh, ever been for a walk on a beach you've never walked on before and uh, you come across a rope swing? Yes? And you think, this looks like fun. This looks, <laughs> this looks like fun. But like, you're looking at it and you're thinking like, this has been out in the salt air for a long time. Like, uh, this could go very badly if I jump on this, you know, swing out, snap. So what do you do when you first get, get it? You just give it a bit of a, that's what you do. You're not going to just jump on it. You give it a bit of a, a uh, and you go like, you're looking up. You know, even the branch, you know, the branch is going to handle this. And then you give it a thing, and what it doesn't break in it. You've got a little bit more faith that it's, uh, it's going to be okay for a swing. And then you really, you jump up even, and you just really, really shake it. Because you, you, you don't want this branch to come landing on your head. So you're really loading it up now, and it's like, yeah, this is actually feeling pretty solid. A little bit more faith, you know. And then you might even sit on it. Sit on it and do that bouncy thing just in place, you know. You know what I'm talking about. You've done it. And uh, this is actually feeling good. And then you a little bit of a swing. And they're like, okay, we're good to go. Your faith's just growing. What happens? Just, you're just doing a little bit more, a little bit more, and until you've got faith. Yeah, I've got faith. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot like this with prayer, is that when you pray, you might find yourself in a situation, maybe at work, and uh, something's come up and you're like going like, I am really not sure what to do with this. Usually those kind of things happen around people because people are complicated, aren't they? And you're like, man, this is like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and so I'd encourage you to pray. Say, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And my experience in my life, this is how it works with me, is that I pray and then like five minutes later, I come up with a brilliant solution. <laughs> and I'm feeling so pleased with myself that I'm so smart. And then another five minutes, ah, oh, that's what I prayed. So <laughs> God gave that to me. Um, but that genuinely is my journey. Like I experience like this sense of fresh clarity around things. And what does that do? It gives me more faith to pray. Like, you know, like tugged on the rope a little bit and thought, this is, this is good. This works. I re- this is what James is inviting us into. Like, who doesn't want to, you know, get smarter in all of the challenging situations we find ourselves in and in, in, uh, in workplaces with our, as we raise our kids, as we do, mar- you know, life and marriage and relationships and um, with our, you know, with our neighbors. And <laughs> I was going to ask who's got some crazy neighbors, but... Better not do that just in case they're watching online. Um, so, um, so James is saying, if you, if you know, in your journey of life, you know, you find yourself in situations, possibly regularly, where, like, you know, like I just didn't get that right. I just did, you know, that didn't work. Or um, then pray for a discerning heart. Now, Abraham Lincoln, you know, one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States of America, says this, 
I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. Got to like that guy. All right. One last thing that we're going to talk about uh, today uh, from James. He talks about uh, humility. He says this, verse 9, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Since they pass away like a wildflower, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. The blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. He's saying, you know, you may be poor, you may, but you're a child of God, loved by the King of glory. You know, your name is written in the book of life. It's gonna, a day's going to come when everything's going to be put right. Everything in this life, uh, or the, you know, it, it'll either come right in this life or the next. And he's saying, like, it's okay, you can take, take confidence in that, take pride in that. But then he said, but you rich people, you know, it's a wonderful that you've received these, this level of wealth. Thank you, God. But you're in danger as well, so I need to warn you. Don't allow your success lead to lead to pride. You know, you only become a child of God because of God's grace, not not your abilities. Everything that you have is is a gift from God. It says just further on in this in chapter one, it, it, James says this, verse sixteen: Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Now you can't take your stuff with you when you die. I just watched this thing last night. It's uh, on, I think, on Netflix, the story of when the Australians won the America's Cup off the, uh, off the Americans for the first time ever after 130 years. And, uh, but the guy who funded the, um, the America's uh, Cup's challenge, a guy called Alan Bond, and um, and you read it, you know, and he just went on to become wealthier and wealthier and wealthier, and then it all just collapsed around him. You know, he ended up doing some naughty things, and ended up going to prison for seven years, and lost all of his fortune. And uh, it's um, yeah. James again later in James he reminds us this again, chapter four. He says, "Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money." Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That gives you perspective, doesn't it? Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Just James, just bringing some wisdom to us. Everything's, everything good is a gift from God. Everything good. You can plan, but you can't control everything. You know, hard things come along. Life is short. Be led by God and do good. That's what he's saying. Just be led by God and do good. All right, how are we going for time? You know, humility is a worthy goal in life. I... 
you go to some things at different times when like a young person like gives a little bit of a speech and and they'll say something like um you know i'd just like to thank such and such um they've made me the person that i am today and i'm going like i'm <laughs> just thinking like Tai ho sunshine like like you know you're 16 years old like how awesome do you think you are you know <laughs> um I used to get, um, like, I'm one of those guys that's got a little bit of sporting ability. You know, and like, as a teenager, I was like watching, you know, people around me, and they'd get, people would grab them for some advanced coaching training program, and so the skills that they have would just get better and better and better. And, and I'm like, why don't I get picked for that? <laughs> and then as I get a bit older, and you like look back and you go, it's because I was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing basketball once. I was playing for quite a like a serious grade, but like you know, it's just a bit of a looking back now. You know, it was okay. But I remember this guy. Um, his fast break. Like I was the only guy back on defense, and this guy's coming towards me with the ball. Um, and I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm in a great spot here. Like, this is the best I can do. It's one-on-one. -on -one. This guy's a good player. He jumps in front of me, past me, and dunks behind me. Thinking like, oh, okay. <laughs> Humility's a good thing, eh? Um, Romans 12, verse 8, says, Do not think... Of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. I'd love to unpack this a little bit more, but we're a bit short on time. So, uh, C.S. Lewis says this humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Sober judgment is about not thinking more of yourself than you are, but not thinking less of yourself either, right? It's just, it's just getting an accurate picture of who you are, what you're about. And that's what James is inviting us into. He's like, you know, it doesn't matter. You'll see that right through the book. It's like humility is a good thing. And recognizing that anything good we have is a gift. And, and it's about recognizing that, being thankful. That's what God's given us. Yeah, as pastor of this church here, I get the joy of getting to know so many of you. And uh, I suspect that um, many of you here are people that have spent a life asking God for a discerning heart over the years. Because there's a lot of wisdom in this room, mate. Eh? There's a lot of wisdom in the room. But let's keep encouraging each other into this, eh? Does it sound good? Praying for each other. Asking for prayer from each other. Now, God, give us wisdom. God, give us wisdom. And when we find ourselves in a situation, it's like, I don't know what to do. Well, let's, you know, call each other up. Could you pray for me? God, give me a discerning heart. I know many of you ask, um, you know, me like, Matt, like, what could I pray for you? And uh, my answer is always the same. Just pray that God would give me a discerning heart.
Life does bring trials. And finish this. Life, there will be challenges that come along in life. Sorry, but that's, that's the reality of our journey. But let's be, let's be guided by James. Let's be guided by him. Like, and not, the, not be guided by the do what's easy. The do what's easy thing. The spirit of the age. And then together we can hold on to this hope, which James says, and this is so good. He said, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Oh, okay, let me say that again. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. I'm just going to finish. You may be here this morning and uh, you might be thinking like, I like this. I like this stuff, you know. You may have never been to church before or you may not be a, uh, someone that has ever um, chosen to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, but you're like, man, this is good stuff. Like maybe I just need to look into this more. Like I, I tell you, it's all about everything about a life in, in, in God and, and seeing the good things of God flow into our life comes from us saying, saying yes to to following Jesus and to surrendering our life and saying like, this is what I need to do. This this I need to I need to get off the throne of my own life and put the put Jesus on the throne of my life as the one that would be this incredible, generous, kind king that would lead and guide me into all and you know, through all the challenges of, of life. And um, I don't know if you've ever put Jesus at the center of your life, and, but you may want to do that today. You may want to be, just in this moment, you may want to say, I want to do that. Every, most people here, if not everyone here, has done that at some point in their life. They've said yes. And out of that flows the goodness of God into your life, in this life and in the life to come. So if that's you, I'd love to, why don't you just pray with me? Let's all just close our eyes as we pray. You even may want to you may be someone that has done that before, but you may even just want to, to, to pray this prayer again. Just, just with me. So God, we come to you as people who need you, people that under our own ways, we don't do life the way that you've planned for us to do life. And we make mistakes and we... We step into selfishness. We step into dumb things. God, we just come to you now and we ask that, God, that you would forgive our sins and cleanse us of all things that are wrong in our life. That you would set our feet on a path of truth and, and right and living right. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And that you would lead us by your spirit into all the goodness of the kingdom of God in this life. And we thank you for the promise and the assurance of life with you in the life to come.
You know, as I was praying this week, I felt that uh, a couple of things that God planted in my head and heart to, uh, to bring this morning to perhaps as an invitation for having some other people gather with you and pray with you. So, and one is that uh, I felt like that, that, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, through the Spirit of God giving like words of knowledge. There's, there's, there's like these gifts that God gives His people, like gifts of revelation, prophetic gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge that come from God to His people for the benefit of others. So if you're wondering what this is, that's what this is. I felt like I had a word of knowledge from God for some, some people here today, maybe for one person, maybe for more. But it was that uh, you're in this week, in this space that you're in now, you've got some big decisions. And these are decisions that are so, um, uh, so heavy and so big, you've, you've found yourself crying, just like, I just don't know what to do. Like, just like, it's just, just the weight of uncertainty is just uh, almost crippling. And if, that, if that's you and you would like some people to gather around you and to pray that God would give you a discerning heart, like, please don't go without having that happen. And probably the easiest way to do that is to probably just make your way up to the front here. And um, what you do is you put on this, like, this I need prayer face. Do you know that one? Like, sort of like. <laughs> um and the other thing too, which is, um, I've, I really felt like on the, remember last, those of you that were here last week, and Eleanor Mumford, she talked about, you know what we do in the vineyard? We preach the gospel when we plant churches. That's what she said. We preach the gospel when we plant churches. If you're here today and you have even just an inkling that you, this planting churches thing, may be something that, that God is going to, um, have you be a part of either in leading or being part of a team I would love for you to come forward as well as a both as a step of like stepping out a little with that but also again to have some people gather around you and uh, and see what God would speak into you again as people pray and they may get some a prophetic word or a word of knowledge for you so, um, sound all right? Okay. And, uh, all right. So, why don't, if there are some people that would like to come forward, uh, pray, what's going to happen now is I'm just going to, we're probably going to close the service. Okay. But like, so, because it's 11.30 and we need you to go and, and get your kids if they're in the kids program. And like, if you meet anyone that is working in the kids program with orange t-shirt, could you like, why don't you encourage them and just thank them for like how awesome they are. So um, such a good thing. Anyway, um, so it's going to be a little bit of like a little bit of prayer, a little bit of hanging out, a little bit of, uh, uh, I was going to say stay for coffee, but we've got no coffee because there's no water. I've got a water. <laughs> um, so, but we'd love you to stay. Love you to stay and chat and meet someone that uh, maybe you haven't met uh, before or catch up with someone that you have. And, uh, but we're going to pray. So it's going to get a little bit like people moving everywhere, people chatting, noisy prayer, chats. It's all good, okay? Sound good? 
So let me bless you. We'll close. But then for those that would like prayer, please do come forward. And for those that like praying for people, please come as well and gather around those and, uh, and pray for them. So God, we just thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you that we're able to worship together. God, we thank you for the blessings uh, that are in our life. Even in the hard things that are in our life, God, we thank you that there is opportunity in them. Help us to be people that can look at our hard times with a sense of joy, as hard as that is, so, because we know that through challenges, if we journey through them well, God, it's such an opportunity for you to grow us into maturity, which is such a gift. So God, we thank you for that. We pray that you would open our hearts, God, to, the, to, to your words, to your challenges, so that we may step into life that is truly life. God, bless everyone, God, as we close, as we, uh, as we head out into uh, the, the wide areas of the Hibiscus Coast and beyond, God, that we would go taking your life. As, as, we, uh, as we were encouraged in communion today, that we would go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus in, into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, into our homes. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.